Welcome to today's podcast, Wake Up To Your Wellbeing with Tip The Balance. These podcasts are for everything, everything health and wellbeing. So maybe you're wondering where to look for support on the next stage of your journey. You need to work out what those next steps are, but you just don't know where to start. Well, this series of podcasts showcase the amazing people that I work with as part of Tip The Balance Natural Nutrition and Wellbeing. We're here to help you find the right support for you. So I hope today's podcast really helps. Tip the Balance crew, I am so excited to welcome, look at these three faces, these three lovely ladies to our, what I've called my parent and child support team. Um, and you know what? I'm so excited to get, to get you three together because I've seen how you individually support people, but to bring you together as a collective, to bring you in as part of the, the support team around me is just an absolute honor. Um, you've got some seriously exciting things going on at the moment, but we've got to wait until the end for that. <laughs> because first of all, we actually need to find out who you are. And I don't mean this on like a deep and meaning spiritual level, but who you are as human beings first, before we talk about your business. So Chris, I'm going to come to you first. Tell us who Chris is. Right. So I am Chris. I am a single parent. Um, I have three children. I have one by heart and two by birth, which means I adopted one when she was 16 years old. Um, so she lives with me as well. So I have three children. Um, I have three parrots and a dog because I don't do peace and quiet. Um, anyone I can talk to, I will, hence the pets. Um, in my personal life, I've not long finished university. I finished a master's last January. Um, I'm a complete geek, love learning. You can always find my head in a book, head in the clouds. But yeah, I have a good time doing it. That's amazing. Um, Lorna, I'm going to ask you to follow that now. I feel a little bit unfair kind of asking you to follow that kind of <laughs> introduction. But tell us a little bit about yourself, Lorna. So I'm um, Lorna. I'm um, a mother of two, um, two lovely children, a wee boy and a wee girl, um, and a, a little dog um, who brings, they all bring me great joy. Um, I am also a lifelong learner and I love, I love a good book. Um, I'm probably a bit of a, a dreamer at times um, and a bit of a tinkerer. I like to get things working better and, and moving. I love to be outside um, and be in nature and I love meeting people and I'm one of those people that kind of attract people to her, you know, if we're out and about, I've always got someone who wants to speak to me, which is lovely. Um, so that is me. And we're going to hand over now to someone you know very, very well. Jackie, over to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, Lauren and I met in the womb. Uh, <laughs> we're twins. Uh, so <laughs> that was our first introduction. It was very nice. Um, so I'm I'm Jackie. Um, I'm a mum of two girlies, um, eleven and fourteen. Uh, I'm married to Ian, who's my uh, good support and very good at making tea. And I have a bit of a mini zoo going on. I am um, like, like the rest of you, I do love pets. So we've got rabbits, dogs, chickens, budgies, gerbils, a snake and fish. So um, I spend quite a lot of my time outside and um, cleaning things. I love making everything, all the wee houses look immaculate and all nice and sorted again. So I do love out with my welly boots on and my 
feeding my chickens, so that's lovely. And go for big long walks with the dogs. I also love reading. I love writing. I'm writing a children's novel at the moment. I'm 20,000 words in. And um, I love crafting. So my, my passion at the moment is like needle felting. It's very satisfying just stabbing something a lot. Um, and then creating something beautiful at the end of it. Very good stress reliever, that one. <laughs> and that's me. I love that. I def I'm glad I haven't got to follow that, to be perfectly honest, because they, they know who I am already. <laughs> so so let before, let's kind of acknowledge the elephant in the room before we kind of go on and, and, and talk a little bit more about how you came to do what you're doing and, and what you do. So when someone is struggling at home, we know there can be a million reasons for that. But God, it's difficult to ask for help. Mm -hmm. So, so what are your experiences of people's people's fears? You know, what what do you find that people worry about when when it comes to asking? Because you guys are humans. You're, you're you have families. You know, you're professionals that work in this field, but you're humans. You have families. You have demanding lives. But what do you find that that people are worried about when they reach out for for support? For their family well when lockdown started i actually had two of my families where i work um one of them were going through a separation um during lockdown you can imagine that was an absolute nightmare so it, it was helping them to live together but separate until he could move out also there was also a new family getting together so a, a lady and her child and a new partner coming into that relationship as well and how to make that work as a family so yeah it's people usually judge you they think that they're the only person and they're not the only person in the world you know it's like me I'm a single parent so she came to me as as that single parent that's probably experienced it where I could help so you know but people do parent guilt and being the only person in the whole world that's gone through it and it's a fear you know fear of being judged you know that their marriage failed or things like that and we're all human and we're all approachable people so yeah, yeah. I think that's, that helps we, we do don't we? we we fear judgment but actually we're probably judging ourselves more than anybody else is you know mm. do, do, do people do people genuinely worry that they you know a form might get written about them or you know they might start a process that they can't stop I think um, so. I'm probably coming from this from two angles. So one is I work in the NHS as a children's occupational therapist. So I do meet families who, you know, have got um, a real, you know, real struggles and they need they need the help. So they've maybe not necessarily invited the help, but when your child has got um, physical and learning difficulties, there's a lot of support that kind of wraps around you. And the idea of it is to feel very supportive and enabling. Um, but I do think sometimes when I meet parents who, um, you know, I, I would agree with you, Chris, it's just the judgment um, of, and also I think the worry that there might not be something that can be done to help. You know, they kind of believe that they've got to maybe sit with this this trouble and they've got to sort of try and battle it out and work it out by themselves and just that relief when you can reassure them that yes I see lots of people 
who experience what you're going through. And yes, there's many things we can try to help. And yes, those things have been successful. So just giving them those that knowledge and, 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 and a way and a path of how to do something is the relief. But I would say, you know, yes, judgment and is this actually going to work? You know, can can I get the help? Um, and, and just, I suppose, worry about what maybe, you know, other people would think of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would hope it was always um, done supportively and, and um, as, as enabling. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, ultimately, so the, so the person, the parents, yeah. ultimately, it's about keeping, keeping oh, those families God. together by, by bringing that support in around them, isn't it? I mean, obviously, you know, we don't, we don't live in a perfect world and there are families where, where child protection is a, is a massive, serious issue and, and we have to take it seriously, but reaching out for help doesn't automatically mean that forms are filled, you're going to get reported, someone's suddenly going to be peeking in on your life and, you know, it, it doesn't have to be that way and, and you guys are a great way of, of, of tapping into that support. So we're blessed to kind of have a team around us that, that start that, that journey really early on in very, very early years and then take this right through to kind of, you know, the, the um, transformation to secondary school I was going to say like you're sort of like a butterfly coming out of a chrysalis um (laughs) but that transition all the way through to sort of you know the teenage the teenage years and when maybe you can start to access other support so I want to touch on now what what brought you to your business so obviously you've kind of got parts of your life that have enabled you to create these businesses that you now have too so tell us a little bit about you and your journey to the sort of into your profession and how that has helped you to create the business that allows you to help people now. Where should we start this time? So um, we're going to start with Jackie this time and come back down the other way. <laughs> so I, I've been a, te- a primary teacher for 21 years now. Um, and I think with my background in teaching and Lorna's background in um, NHS health and working with families, we just kept thinking, there, there must be a way where we could actually support families like at kind of like the foundation level at the roots level rather than waiting until things maybe escalate because I think there's a lot of shame for parents when you don't know how to help your own child and that feels really upsetting to actually admit that you might not be the best placed person to support this child but be rest assured you absolutely are and that was part of our kind of mission if you like with personal wisdom coaching was to put the the coaching tools into the hands of the parents because one, it empowers their, them to support their own children because they are best placed to support their own children. You know, they, they absolutely are. But also it was empowering the children to understand that they are, um, you know, they are the kind of master of their own lives. They understand how their brain works. They're not told what to learn, but how they learn. And that empowers them. So we kind of had this idea that you could kind of break this sort of generational cycle, if you like, where we could actually support the whole family by starting with the children, it will sort of filter into um, family life. So that's why we started with the storybook idea, because what's more natural than reading a bedtime story with your child? And even getting, you know, kind of like um, both set, like both parents involved, grandparents involved. It's just very natural that you could then have this storybook that you start off sharing together, and then it's this shorthand. So if your child is sort of thinking, oh, I can't do this. You could say like, well, that sounds a bit like an I can't Harry. I wonder what he could think about this if he was an I can Harry. Yeah. And, you know, you can turn it around and use the characters where 
you can think, well, how would Natombi cope with this challenge to come out of your comfort zone? So it's those kind of ideas is how we kind of started it. And I've always loved writing and storytelling. And we both knew Lorna's you know, job is like the, the chief occupation of children, which is play. <laughs> so we just combined the two parts of our knowledge together. Yeah. So and you're coming at this from, from a teaching background. Teaching background, yeah. Right. Lorna, so, so your background is, is, so we hear about occupational therapy a lot. Look, I've heard that phrase so many times and it's almost like, oh, okay, you're an occupational therapist. Do many people then actually say to you, what does that actually mean, Lorna? Absolutely. And then I throw the curveball in and say, and I work with children and you can see them thinking, children don't have jobs. What is that? You know, why occupation? So yeah, so occupational therapy, um, not to bore you, but started um, in the war. And the idea is, if you can think of physiotherapy as in movement and manipulation, then occupational therapy was understanding that when people are engaged in meaningful activity, that they, they want, they are, um, they, are, they are motivated to do more. So actually in the, 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 the First World War, the um, occupational therapists started working with um, weaving in looms to get um, the, the, the soldiers who were injured to start moving their arms again, moving their legs, build up strength, but they did it through um, weaving. Um, and it's obviously grown and grown and grown and it's got a science base to it. But ultimately, it's the kind of fusion, if you like, of, of, of mental health, um, motivation and physical health, you know, combined. You, we never separate them in our training. We know that we treat the, the person holistically. And for children, their primary occupation is play. That's what children do. But there's also an expectation that your baby will grow up and develop and will become an independent, you know, human being which is what the pressure of the parent is to try and get those back. expectations again aren't we yeah, oh, yeah expectations yeah, you know. years that's all you've got <laughs> At different stages, you are expected to, to gain independence skills. And actually, you know, by gaining independence skills and those milestones, you do have a sense of self-worth and self-achievement. So, of course, it's 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 very important. So, fundamentally, that's the what we look at. We look at activities of daily living, everything you need to do to look after yourself, like getting dressed, brushing your teeth, using cutlery, um, those kind of things. And then productivity, um, which for children is like um, early development and then nursery and school and then secondary school and then, you know, and beyond. Um, and then play, you know, what are your hobbies and interests? And so if there's anything that gets in the way of that, whether it be environmental or um, a physical skill you need to develop or we need to adapt the task, that's that's what we do. So, so you'll come in you'll come at this really as as children being equipped and empowered to be children and behave like children and, ha and, and live the life of a child, not with the, the you know, adult worries and responsibilities and all these things that suddenly life seems, seems to be about. So I can totally see how you two, not just as a sibling partnership, but as that professional partnership, I can totally see how, how you've used that to develop Pursuit of Wisdom Coaching. And I'm, I'm coming back to you in a minute to kind of, yeah. So to explain how, how that all comes together. Chris, how about you? What, what brought you to, to working with families? Okay, so I come from the other end of the scale. I was the neglected child. So um, both of my parents, uh, they had major drug issues. They were huge drinkers. And it was my responsibility as the older sister to look after my siblings. So um, it was about keeping them quiet in the house, but having to do all the housework. And if we woke my mum up, 
she wouldn't get out of bed. So I used play as a way to bring my sisters up, keep them safe, keep me safe. And it just kind of evolved from there. So I've always looked after families because to me, family is key, even though I was disowned by my own. Um, so the day I became a single parent was the day I became a childminder. And all I wanted to do was keep children safe, make sure they stayed children. And, you know, like we, when you were talking about the pressures of being a parent, I mean, it was only three years ago, I was on the phone to the Samaritans because I was on the verge of bankruptcy from setting up my business and it's no nobody else needs to know that no one wants to know that everyone else you know it's Christmas everyone wants to celebrate Christmas why would they want to listen to me and I can't afford to go out for the Christmas dinner with the people that work for me because all my money was spent on their wages so I come from that background and that's why I've been to university you know I've completely gone the black sheep way that I was supposed to be but the, 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 the good way <laughs> so that that's that's why I look after children and families and I think that's why it's so important that we have open communications and why what Jackie and Lorna do is so important because if I could have had that that would have helped me and all the stress but by my upbringing it's led me to be resilient I'm strong I'm capable and when it hits the fan I haven't ever suffered with anxiety because I just kind of go what's the worst that's going to happen? It's not going to be worse than yesterday. And even if I open up to just you guys tonight or anyone else that's listening, you're not on your own. And that's why we're here. And, and I love that, you know, when I started to read your book, that your latest book, I should say, not your book, your, your latest publication, that, that raw honesty at the, at the very start of that, straight away kind of just breaks down so many barriers. And I think this is where talking about, you know, introducing you as family, family people, you know, is is so important. We all come from different backgrounds. We all bring that that merry mishmash of things with us. And I think, you know, what's great is that you're here as that team, as I say, that that can really start to work with families on, on building those foundations. And those are the foundations that they might develop as, as really young children and support their children to develop at a really young age but support them as they grow up, support them into their future. But I wonder how many parents are reconnecting with the inner child in themselves as they're doing it. How many parents are healing things within themselves, to, developing skills and tools for themselves as adults. But well, I never had a clue how to be a parent because who do you ask when you, your baby is crying? You know, you ask your parent, but I didn't have that. So I kind of had to do it on my own. And that's when I started, you know, early years groups and sure start so I could work with others and do it me do do it for me as well. So, you know, everyone comes from different backgrounds, but yeah. it's the community of people that work together that can make this really special. Absolutely. So let's let's talk about playwork inspired learning then, Chris. So, okay. so how do you, you know, I'm thinking if I were if I was someone who was watching this and, and my family were struggling. How, how would I know whether I, you know, I was the right, like, almost, I, I don't want to say, am I bad enough to like, have to ask for help? Is this, if this got to a stage, like, is there a level, like, is there a, is there a threshold that I've got to, like, cope with my own struggles and then it's bad enough to get some help? You know, who, how do you work with families? What kind of things are you supporting families to learn, to do that, okay. that, that can just 
send them on a different trajectory. Okay, it's that stressed mum, stressed dad, stressed stressed carer, you know, um, we all have it as parents, you know, I'm not doing enough with my child, I'm not teaching my child enough, my child doesn't do this, that, the other, and that's where you come to me, you know, why isn't my child writing? I can help you with that, they don't need to be writing, they need to be painting and getting messy, yeah. you know, my, my child's a fussy eater, well, let them get messy with the food because they're more inclined to try it. And that's where I come in. Anything under fives, that's me. Weaning, fussy children, playing, climbing trees. You know, it's like I did a live on my launch the other night and I said to, you know, all my parents, you know if a child's happy up in a tree because they're either going... <laughs> you know, and it's as simple as that, you know, and that's where I come in. I can help you with that and help children prepare for, you know, life and not just school. School readiness is such a blown up thing that it really isn't. And, you know, like, like you see it said in my second book, that's where I come in. And I tell you, that's what school readiness is. No mess, no fuss. It, we could learn so much from, from so many other systems in other countries as well, couldn't we? We, we obsess so much about, have they met this by the time they get to the end of preschool, are, you know, are they, can they pick up a pencil? Can they write at least the first letter of their name? And it's yeah. so refreshing, Chris, to hear you and talk about stuff that. Yeah, but the thing is- tree with one arm. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, that's where I kind of break the mold really because Playwork Inspired Learning, where Playwork is based on five to 12 year olds, I've developed it for under fives. The under five curriculum is so curriculum, it, it's, you know, I've done it for 13 years and I've seen the changes and there's another change coming up in September for the EYFS framework, but there's nothing for fun. And that's where, you know, I've developed the first where I'm going, no, for the brain and neurological development, children need play more than they need teaching. And yeah. There's a time, isn't there? There's a time for that teaching and there's a time for the very physical you know yeah. aspects aspects of and parents that they learn. parents don't need to be teachers they need to be parents you know they want to hold your hand they want to play they just need you to be there they don't need you to be there to teach them how <laughs> much so many parents need to hear that message right now as as children are preparing to go back to school jackie you're like you're an angel i don't know how you've coped with the last year of of trying to deliver teaching to your kids but there are so many messages that, that, that so many parents that need to hear that message right now Chris that you know you're allowed to be the parent you don't have yeah. to be the teacher because yeah. thankfully we've got amazing superstars like Jackie that are you know delivering incredible Absolutely. that's that's what you qualified for you know and I've got foundation degree in masters but I'm the person that goes in and kind of just trashes it all and goes <laughs> let them play until they until they need to learn to sit at school then you know we work with that in preschool but it's not what you think it is it yeah. really isn't so I'm that bridge between school academic world and play amazing love that so so Lorna let's kind of take it you know forward a couple of years perhaps and, and talk about the work that you and Jackie do with with pursuit of wisdom coaching yeah. and your building resilient children program and, and you know, there are several layers to what you do and how you support families. So tell us, tell us how it works in your world. Yeah. So one of the, I suppose, key um, values that we we have is that we wanted to make sure that 
anyone could work with us um, or, or have access to to our, our programs. So we have, um, and, and again, we wanted to make it fun and engaging and um, and really something that could fit into to everyday busy life, you know, because we are all busy. Um, so we, we felt that the story um, was central to it. Um, the brain loves a story. You know, when you're told a story, you connect um, with the language part and you put it into memories and, um, and you really connect with a story in a much more different way than if someone was giving you information. So it was really important that. So the idea is um, there's there's sort of six steps, if you like, to wisdom, <laughs> um, as we we've called it, and it takes you on a journey. So the start of the journey is um, reading the storybook together. So I've got um, one here, handily to show. So that's um, I can't Harry. So they're they're um, beautifully illustrated um, and and a, you know a nice size story. And the idea is the first step is we share. Um, so we share it together. So it's that switching off all the distractions and really getting connected together and sharing that shared experience as well. You guys have written the stories, right? Yes, yes, yeah. we've written all the stories, yeah. We've written all the stories. And then um, step two is we reflect. So that's at the back of, uh, of the books. And that's just having a time together where you reflect on how that story made you feel what it reminded you of, um, how you felt about some of the characters, and just really hearing, and, and we do really encourage parents, you know, tell your children, um, you know, oh, that reminded me of something. They love to hear your stories. You know, they love to hear um, when you were growing up and what that reminded you of. Um, and the other thing we're saying is, you know, be really, you know, be honest. You know, we're very guilty of just holding a lot of things in our minds and working things out and our children just see us you know like doing it but actually letting them know like oh I'm worried about that I've got something coming up and I'm feeling anxious you know I'm just going to breathe or use some of my techniques that we learn um it's one of the stories is the worry um and then and then you you basically can stop there if you if you wish if you want to take your wisdom journey further that would be the accompanying uh, workbook and that's got the steps um uh, the, the, the rest of the steps in there so we've got explore so that's when we try that, that we will break it down and explore sort of some some of the trickier concepts so for instance and i can't harry if we're talking about our self-talk you know how we speak about ourselves we'll explain that um and if we if we want to give more information to parents we've got a parent sticker and if it's a child's page you you know that you you, you work through that with them and we explore um yeah things like for ch imagine imagine if you knew that you actually talk to yourself and what you say to yourself um, is important so as a child um, growing up imagine if you keep saying oh, I'm a really bad speller or I can't spell or I'm stupid because I can't spell that actually starts your brain hears that and you actually start believing it and once you've believed it it's locked in your, your subconscious and you will live your life with that belief and it's just absolutely astonishing to think imagine a world as Jack and I often do where you you knew that at the age of seven, eight, nine, and you knew how to re to speak nicer to yourself, speak kindly to yourself, speak encouragingly to yourself, and you overcame that 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 limiting belief, and you actually got the help you needed, or you realised that spelling doesn't 
doesn't equal intelligence yeah and so we imagine this world and we write our stories to and our workbooks for that so yeah the 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 easiest level to access us access a book and a, and a workbook or a book if you want to start and that, and it just builds if you want um some coaching support um, by all means, if you want to join our Building Resilient um, Children um, Facebook group, is a supportive closed group for like-minded parents who you say, yes, I want help. I want to be able to, as you say, safely ask for help, get advice, share the wins, you know, like, so you want to be able to say to someone, you know, I um, I let my child sit with, with something today. You know, I didn't solve it for them and they worked it out for themselves. Um, they said, I'm going to trust teach, I'm going to try something else, mum. You want to be able to share that, but you want to be able to share that with a community of people who go, yes, we get it, yeah. you know, rather than kind of like, what is she on about? So that's why we built that space. Um, and then I'll, I'll maybe let Jax explain the, the coaching in the classroom, if that would make sense. That's so, Okay, so um, obviously we, we realised one pathway for um, our pursuit of wisdom was with the caring parents. You know, they're in the right place to do that. But we also feel that very caring and empathetic teachers who want to build resilient, confident children in the class who are able to be solution-focused, not problem-focused, can resolve difficulties for themselves, can advocate for themselves, you know, it's really empowering. I've got a number of children now. We've worked through um, the worry as coaching the classroom and we're currently working through I Can't Harry. So I'm working with 11 and 12 year olds and, you know, even able to turn something around, for example, a number of children um, have been diagnosed recently with dyslexia. Mm -hmm. um, and for them to be able to understand that, uh, you know, some of them were quite devastated <laughs> at first. They didn't want to think something was wrong with them. But to be able to take that and actually be able to turn it into a positive. I've now got children standing up and saying to people like, um, hi, I'm going to do my presentation now. Um, sorry if there's a few spelling mistakes in my presentation, but I'm dyslexic. That's my superpower. And I'm really amazing. I'm amazing at talking. So sit back and enjoy this show. So, <laughs> It's actually turning it into saying, well, um, like my superpower is being able to listen really well. So give me the information. I'm going to listen to it all and then I'm going to summarize it for you because that's my superpower because I'm dyslexic. Um, you know, my superpower is drawing. So I'm going to draw my ideas down because I prefer that than taking notes because my superpower is, is dyslexia. So it's about taking something that they maybe find would be a challenge and being able for themselves to rewrite that into a more positive, and we call them push me forward beliefs. Brilliant. So rather than hiding and having shame around what you can't do and putting all your energy into hiding what you cannot do very well, it's actually about saying, actually, this is who I am, authentically me. This is what I find challenging. And the reason I find this challenging is because of that and actually owning it. And the, the difference in children when they've actually been able to stand up and own maybe what they have always tried to hide for years and years and years, but to stand there and own it, know that it's part of them and know that it actually makes them special and unique is so wonderful to see. And it's lovely to be part of. And um, when we were doing some um, Shade and Shine talk today, you know, we were making our Shade and Shine talk personas and the ideas that the children had, the acting out that they did with these creatures had come to life and um, it was just so empowering they actually acted out scenarios of things that they'd been thinking to themselves 
And just to understand that it's just a voice. And actually, it's your own voice. This is all the self-talk your... work. Yeah, yeah, it's just their own voice. And they're shocked at why they would speak to themselves in such an unkind way. But a little boy I was working with today, his favourite um, is a comparison. So he always compares himself to somebody else and it then just doesn't get started. So we were having a chat today about how he is comparing somebody's end to his beginning. And I said, when we have the antidote to comparison, it's, it's speaking the truth of the matter. It's not building up and saying that it's something it's not. It's actually explaining. The truth is, the reason that person is good at that is because they put a lot of practice in. They are very well practiced at it and it's very much sits in their comfort zone. The reason you don't feel comfortable is because this is new to you. You haven't practiced enough. But it was practice you could get better if you opened yourself up to that possibility. So it's actually getting them to understand that it's just a voice and they don't have to listen to it. It's or amazing, isn't it? Because I'm sitting here as an adult listening to you guys going, I, I wish I knew some of this stuff now. <laughs> you, these yeah. are the things I have to remind myself as a 45-year-old adult, you know, with a relatively rational brain. But, you know... When I, the other day I had to actually have a word with myself because something was wrong and I began um oh you know like da -da -da -da, self beat up you're an idiot I can't believe you did that and I just thought it's just a voice yeah. and you, you're just a human and you made a mistake get over yourself <laughs> but oh I was down that road quite merrily telling myself all sorts yeah. of things and it's just thinking like stop is just this come back. <laughs> yeah it was like so my, like my personas are negative Norma and positive Pam. And positive Pam's kind of like Australian in my mind. I don't know why. <laughs> but that's who she is. So when she comes out, positive Pam, what would she say? So I always like, what would she say about this? And she always has something really useful to say. So I like to listen to positive Pam a lot. And negative Norma can just quieten down. It's so um, clever, isn't it? Because I remember someone saying to me not that long ago to give my inner voice, my inner critic, give them a name. And yes. I said, okay, uh, and not really knowing where we were going with this. And she said, you understand why, right? And I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> she said, because when that voice is going, you can tell it to piss off by name. And it's so much more powerful. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, it really is, isn't it? Like, you know, just hearing you talk about empowering and educating children, I, I, you know, I, you've been doing this with sort of P4s, which are year threes, right? So yeah, well, um, year three up to year six. But I can totally see how loads of these things can translate into that, as we said, that transition to secondary school, that time where they already well, are facing worries absolutely. in life. and Yeah, because it's, it's very much secondary school is the fear of the unknown. You just don't know what it's going to look like, what it's going to feel like. And so we just go to our worst case scenario. <laughs> you know, they, they blow all out of proportion as we all do. I have that with my babies when they're going to, when they're, you know, when they're in preschool, when they're looking to go into school. And I absolutely love the fact that although we are all teachers, we are more concerned about their holistic and spiritual development far more than the academics, because everyone seems to forget that, you know, we need to give these children the resilience and the strength and the courage to get into adulthood in one piece. Mm. <laughs> In education is sort of the, the concept of it is evolving. It used to be very much like a bit of a factory in one end and out the other, boom, you know, onto that, you know, get your career for life. And I don't think it is like that now. I mean, in my own experience, I actually was very unwell at the age of 17 
And when I started um, my career, like my career path, I actually kind of had to stop for two years. So like, although like you had this vision of what you were going to do, life sometimes comes along and says, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not going to look like that. And you just have to think, well, what's possible? What can I do? If it's not, if it's not that, and, and you know, not everything's about, um, it, it, you know, examinations and things like that. And as you've just um, proven, Chris, you can actually go back to school. <laughs> At, you know, it, it's not just a case of, oh, if you didn't get it quite right in those years, then it's all over for you, I'm terribly sorry. Yeah. It's not about that. It's, it's seeing where you are as a human being, what it is you want to do and know that you've got options. And well, I, always want, I always wanted to be a teacher but the situation I was in when I was 18, 19, there wasn't a chance on this earth that someone like me would be a teacher. But now I'm, what, 41 and I teach adults, children. My my reach is limitless. So, you know, if I can defeat the odds, there's no reason that a team like us can actually help every single child get to the point where I go, yeah. <laughs> and you're doing it. And what I love, you're doing it, you're you're educating their parents as well but you know as I said as I sort of alluded to before for a lot of parents that's an important part of their own healing as well it's an important part of Chris for your work certainly an important part of reconnecting with their inner child we're so weighed down sometimes by the responsibility of being a grown-up um that that (laughs) Chris's face that so you know the how easy is it Chris for for not only this kind of work to change things for the children but how easy is it for for us as parents to to change our behaviors to change that that pattern of events for our children and and, and you guys too with, with what you're doing you know you can't put a time scale on it can you because we're actually within three weeks sorted but you know what does it come down to that that sort of well we've that, actually had um a, a colleague of mine happened to be um using the worry storybook for her class and she actually took it home to um like read through and get to know a bit better and her daughter had been crying herself to sleep for like three nights in a row and just with worrying about school and friendships and she actually read the storybook with her and then she just actually sent me a message she said I'm sitting in my room and I can hear my daughter in her bedroom giggling drawing her worry interviewing it finding why it's there so actually that was that transformation came at the end of a story because it, she just was able to see the situation the truth of the situation and for what it was and realize she actually had power to change it whereas she felt helpless before she felt things things were being done to her and she just had no choice but to endure it whereas actually by reading the story of the worry and inviting her worry to tea she was actually able to understand why her worry was there it was warning her about something actually maybe teaching her less about what true friendship was mm. if it didn't sound like your friend and they didn't act like your friend they possibly were not your friend anymore <laughs> and that was okay because then you had options you didn't have to just sit and take that you could choose a different way for yourself so she actually got that within um you know 15 minutes of reading the story and you guys you know you you talk about you've got your progression through you know the story the workbook the um the sort of coaching and support behind that and then Lorna we're going to touch on this when when you and I connect with with my sister-in-law as well but you you know you have that extra bolt on for 
for a parent as well, don't you? Tell us just briefly about that and how that kind of wraps it all up almost. Yeah, so, um, yeah, kind of like, um, we could have said like mum's kind of lost in motherhood. So quite often it is, well, the majority of time we're approached and the mum is leading the the request for, you know, to how can I help my my child, right? So the mum's kind of leading it. And you're absolutely right. When you do start doing this work, um, there's either a mum who's quite worried. So, my, you know, my daughter's very anxious and she lacks confidence. And I myself have always gone through life being quite worried and lack confidence. So, first of all, that mum maybe doesn't know exactly how to help her child because she's not overcome th those things herself. And then when we start doing um, work together or they maybe buy um, the worry workbook and, and, and the storybook, um, the mum kind of does then sort of think, gosh, I think I'm ready to address some of that you know, I want to sort of deal with some of my stuff, you know, and you do get a bit lost in, in motherhood and always caring and taking care of people. And um, so, yeah, so the, the other, the sort of third element to it is, you know, parent and child, teacher, and then really empowering um, mums um, to, to, to work through anything they need to work through so they can be the best version of themselves, but also um, and support their children. So that's the kind of three three parts to it if you like so yeah so Chris, Chris do you see do you see the child coming out in the parents that you work with as well as you're encouraging them to really focus on playing with their children do you yeah. get that joy that of seeing yeah, their absolutely. child come out yeah and the thing is as well is like for me it's almost telling parents to step back a little bit because sometimes we're so on our children you know they've got to do this they've got to do that and you know just like I say, a bored child, when they say to you, I'm bored, the bored child is so much more imaginative than the child that has something done for them. And that's where I kind of go, you don't have to be on your child, just take a step back and just enjoy them. You know, your baby doesn't need entertaining 24 seven. It stresses them out like it will stress you out. Take that step back and let them turn their head and not look at you and they don't need to look at you because something else has taken their interest so it's almost helping the parent establish parenting without having to feel like they have to be on parenting they are working as a parent but they can still be they can still be chris or jackie or lorna they can still be very much themselves and parent as well there's a huge amount of almost emotional permission in what you guys empower yes, parents Yes, I was just do. thinking that word permission is really important. Sometimes just, am I allowed? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and no one tells you. No one no tells you whether you're allowed to or not, which is why I wrote the Parents Guide, to help parents to just go, you know what, it doesn't matter. You know, the Parents Guide gives you examples of just being a parent without, you know, they, you should be doing this and you should be doing that. Actually, no, you should be just doing this. <laughs> take the pressure off love it so so I, I really want to find out what the what the kind of exciting things that are brewing for you guys at the moment are before we wrap up but just to sort of really be clear and we're going to put all of your contact details with this video um in the many places that, it, that it's going to end up but but how can somebody start working with you guys how can they sort of tap into your knowledge so chris let's start with you how can they tap into your knowledge how can they get this planet of information and, and exciting ideas that is going on in your head how can how can they access that okay so i actually have a, pra a practitioner's book so this is for every professional that works in early years or i did did release this on saturday which is a parent's guide so that will give you all the information that you need just to be a more natural 
comfortable parent. Um, but yeah, I'm on Facebook as well. So Playwork Inspired Learning. Um, I'm the only Playwork Inspired anything on the internet. So just type in <laughs> Playwork Inspired and that's me. <laughs> what, what, I, what I really enjoyed about reading the parent guide in particular is I felt like you were talking to me. And I, and I love a book like that. I love a book that is conversationally written because I felt straight away, it started with, it's okay. So straight away, I was like, oh, right. And then I just, I, then I can read it and absorb it. I'm not like, I've got to learn. Okay, this is, I've got to study this book. I've got to highlight it and make some notes. Yeah. I just felt like you were talking to me. And that's you what I've done with a practitioner's book. Yeah, that's what I've done with a practitioner's book. I'm, I, you know, I can sit and I can waffle at you and give you all the academic stuff to fill you for months. But that's why I studied. I filled my head full so I can just present it to you as a regular person because no one needs to know the stuff that goes on up in here. <laughs> You're also you've written a practitioner's book with years of experience as a practitioner. Yeah, so it's absolutely. Not, it's not the telling, it's the listen. I've I come. Know, yeah. I know how this works. Yeah, well, this it's like before I was came up to move up to Gloucestershire. I was, you know, I ran parent and toddler groups. So I was breastfeeding support. You know, I was family support. But then moving up here, I started as that little childminder with three children a day, and then parents kept having babies, and I kept being referred to, and so then I became childcare on domestic premises, which meant I had twenty two children a day in my house, and then. My landlady decided that was it. She was selling up. So then I had to find another way to make it work. So I became a, um, a nursery. So, you know, I've never been in a nursery. This is my interpretation of what I think child, big childminder is, you know. So I come from every line of childcare <laughs> along the way. So yeah, every element of what I've done in the past has actually come to make the practitioner's book. Isn't that a wonderful place where you bring so many threads of your life to the point where you're like, now I have a gift that I can, that I can share. And you absolutely believe in your core. That gift is worth sharing and it is a powerful gift. So it's, it's fab. I'm, I'm so excited about that. And how, and how about you, Lorna and Jackie, how do people connect with and work with you? Well, we have our Facebook um, page, which is Pursuit of Wisdom Coaching. And from that, you could join the Building Resilient Children group and we've also got coaching in the classroom cause group for for the support group for teachers as well and then our website www.pursuitofwisdomcoaching.com and on that we've got all our um all our books all our workbooks um am i allowed to mention the merch yes yeah i i annoyingly have not brought them down with me so i'm really quite disappointed shannon nearby lorna you've always got shannon on a call I usually always have. I, I do love it <laughs> much. So I our little logo is our Shannon, the, the owl, because Shannon means small but wise. So our motto is like, all children can be wise for their size. It's like age and size is not a barrier to wisdom. Okay, <laughs> you're a very wise five-year-old. Um, so we have a lovely um, local uh, toy maker, Julie, and we showed her this flat 2D representation of Shannon the Owl. And she created that. <laughs> so they're handmade, handmade owls. Um, so as part some of our things we can you can have a little owl to a little Shannon to snuggle up with as well. I don't know if you've got the worry because she also made us the the worry from no I did have and and then my we boy this is our worry in our book this is what um Alfie thought his worry looked like when he imagined it. 
So she also made one of these in 3D. It's super cute because one of our things is invite your worry to tea. So um, like my daughter, for example, she likes to, my, my elder daughter made a prototype. So um, my daughter likes to come down and she, she gets a little worry out and she just talks to it and finds out why it's there. And then that makes her feel a lot happier because then she's like, oh, it just turned up because I'm going to try something new and I didn't know how to do it. So now I'm going to put a plan in place. And I'm going to practice this and I'm going to talk to you and I'm going to do this. So I've got an idea of what's going to happen before I try it. So that's really nice as well. Um, yeah. So, so all of those things, your, your books, your, your workbooks, recipes, your merch, they're all on the website. The merch, yeah, I'm trying to, Roach into like pens next, maybe or pencil. Maybe. <laughs> we all love a bit of merch, don't we? <laughs> I really want to go for a board game, and I can't, Harry. There's a board game we've created. I'm wanting to take it to the next level. So this is the perfect link. This is a seamless link. You'd think we planned this, yeah. ladies. So yeah. the merch is obviously a big part of the exciting plans for Pursuit of Wisdom Coaching <laughs> as we go into 2021. <laughs> And, and the coaching in the classroom is is kind of in its pilot and infancy stages, isn't it? So is this yes. is this the big focus for for you guys in uh, 2021? There's, there's that, no, there's probably quite a few, but coaching in the classroom is one definite. We're we're hoping to do a soft launch of that at the end of March, and that will be to launch um, coaching in the classroom. The worry, mm -hmm. um, then it'll be I can't Harry will be the next one that is is launched. Um, we're also developing um, what we call the Phoenix Project. That's for our teenagers. So wow. it's almost like that kind of when you're sort of like coming out of like your kind of childhood and you, you kind of like lose, like lose yourself a little bit. You don't quite know what you like, what you think. You're influenced by this person and then you're influenced by that person. You don't it's really know. a million mum of teenagers. Yes. <laughs> well, I thought, I thought hand on heart that when you became 16, you forgot everything. I genuinely thought it was like a restart. And the, the whole of the 16 years previous would be gone and I'd wake up like almost brand new to the world. I never knew that it just continued. Carries <laughs> on. 16 years plus one day. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess for you guys, thing. your kids are, are approaching teenage years, aren't they? So will um, your program evolve as you kind of go on? Yeah, my eldest is 14 now. So um, yeah, we're, yes. we're, you know, we've got yeah. that. So, so, um, so the court, yeah. I sorry, did you want to say Yeah, so the Phoenix Project is kind of more um, probably situational based. So when, when teenagers come and um, are looking for support um, in coaching, it's usually around, you know, very specific, like I need to build or I'd like to build up my confidence and self-esteem, um, friendships, um, dealing with peer pressure and bullying. So, um, but the first one we're starting with is to actually teach teenagers about their own self-care and just all the different aspects of self-care, you know, that emotional self-care and physical self-care, because it's actually such a key um, cornerstone um, for anyone trying to develop and, and, and grow. So um, that should be probably the summer, wow. I would think. And then the next that I want to do this, I'm really excited about this. So... One of our books is called Cast and Waterflower. And this is a story about, uh, that's been written for what we like to call the orchid children. So like children who are not dandelions, they can't just grow anywhere. They do need that little bit of understanding and, and kind of thought given to their environment. So it's really for neurodiverse children. And it's all about Cass, the little girl, and she looks at little flower and it's not thriving in the um, building site. 
and all the other plants just tell her to be less. If she was just less sensitive, less, you know, to the noise, to the sun, she would be fine. But she can't be because she's not fine. So Cass actually has to change her environment for her. And that's when she blooms. And so we have at the back, um, the we've kind of created four um, personas, if you like, um, who are like superpowers of when you have like um, sensory um, overload, which we all do have sensory preferences. It's just sometimes as adults, we just get to avoid the things that make us feel really overwhelmed at times. Or we have better coping strategies. So it's having like recognizing what your superpower is and then knowing how to resolve it. So the workbook is coming and I'm super excited about that. I think that's going to be a game changer um, for, for teachers, for parents, for children that they can actually understand I just find the, that noise too much. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I've learned a lot with Lorna, you know, with my, I love my jewellery, that sometimes that in itself, this necklace might be far too distracting for a child in my class because all they're doing is watching the light bounce off it rather than focusing on the instructions. So it's giving real practical strategies of what works best for your child so that as a parent, you can advocate for them, but a child can obviously advocate for themselves and say, actually, I don't like being bumped. So can I stand at the end of the line, please? Yeah. So I know that no one's going to bump me. Or can I face that boring wall? Because all the posters that my kind teacher has put up to tell me everything I'll ever need to know through a poster, yeah. as we like to do, is actually distracting me so much. I have no idea what you've said for the past five months. Yeah, Thank you interesting. Much. So I am really excited. Although they're probably the three the three big rocks that are coming this way in 2021. And, and just for the sake of completion, Lorna, because I can't leave it dangling, we've, we've talked about the worry, we've talked about um, Ike and Harry, we've talked about Cass and the Little Flower. So, and Tombe, tell us about that. Oh, so, the, so, yeah, so the other two in the library so far, although I, I was delighted um, when Chris said uh, we've got a story, um, it's, I mean, it probably won't be this year, but it's um, about Ruby Ripple and um, her imagination, because you're absolutely right, when children get well, bored. Ruby Ripple. Yeah, so that's, that is coming. <laughs> that is coming. We're terrible for, uh, yeah, we need to focus. But um, yeah, so we're Tommy's. Woo, I see <laughs> Yeah, we we're um yeah we need to focus. So so the so the existing the existing library is um Natombi's path. So really quickly, that is about um learning to understand what your comfort zone is, and when you are doing something a big dream or something you've never done before, that you need to sometimes create a new path, and that can feel scary, and you can doubt yourself. But actually, there's ways you can get through that and boy do you enjoy it when you get to the end yeah and then Ian and the camel is about a little boy who's got so that's that's the tom base it's all very colorful and, and beautiful and then Ian and the camel is about a little boy who doesn't want to be a camel herder he wants to he's got a big dream and he wants to um, make drums and play music and be a musician um, and 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 um, I won't spoil it um, but basically that story is a metaphor for um, having your your subconscious brain and your conscious brain so when we speak about things we plan but if we don't believe we're capable of it and it doesn't sit with our kind of values we'll not achieve what we want to achieve in life so it's it's a, it's a very deep topic made um very lovely for children yeah um, and both of those books Chris, and you know seamlessly again both of those books lead me on to kind of we're going to wrap up with you because 
bringing these books together as you have over the over the last sort of couple of years bringing all of that education that you've plugged into has now literally kind of taken you on a trajectory it's bringing you to a platform where you are in the last few weeks even getting the most amazing opportunities to 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 just showcase and share what what your passions are and and what you believe in so tell us some of the exciting things that are, that are popping up for you at the moment that are like making you have to delve into the likes of Ntombe and and I, <laughs> I know like, oh, yeah, I know <laughs> well this was the first invitation <laughs> You've survived this one. We're really pleased with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing this under the, I'm doing this under the water though. <laughs> and then I've been invited to um, design a course for this huge, humongous company. Um, their their competitors are the NDNA and Preschool Learning Alliance. Um, yeah, so I'm going to be doing two training videos, two, two lots of two hour training videos. The first one is two hours for under twos. The second one is for over twos. And that is to like 10,000 people. Amazing. <laughs> I know. But the thing is, I was really concerned that I wouldn't be able to get into early years because it's such a closed, almost closed environment and they've all got their own little ways of doing things. So yeah, this, you know, I said to, you know, you can access the practitioners, but they, unless you've got understanding management, then they're never going to understand, they're never going to want to take it up. So this has got me straight into the management level. So it's going to be brilliant. Childhood, children are just going to thrive. You know, we're going to, I'm going to be able to be able to send little resilient children that are brave enough, you know, not only will they know their colours and their shapes and their names, but they'll be able to be strong enough to go, I know the answer, miss. Yes. Because if you can't prepare children to be brave enough to put their hand up, but we've already failed them. And that's what I want my little guys and my families and my practitioners to understand that we need to give them these bravery skills and the courage and the strengths and, you know, sense of self to be able to go, I know this one. Yeah, yeah. that voice. Yeah, absolutely. Single child to have that voice. What, What a great opportunity. So finding yours, Chris, through pages first and now through being able to share that message yourself and go out as a speaker, as a consultant, yeah. to be able to work with these establishments. Absolutely. You, know, you guys are working right the way through every system that your careers have, have allowed you to access all those skills that you have collected along the way to build, to, to oh my God, shape a, a future generation to have such a different life, to be and have a voice. Life of, yes. To be prepared for the likes of what we've just gone through in the last 12 months as well and uh, and and how much more resilient they're going to be because of that thank you all of you so much for your time thank you so much for being part of the part of the tribe um and and i'm really proud to showcase you and i'm really proud to work with you and i'm you know i'm a very proud champion of the work that you're all doing as, as someone who has worked as a teacher and who has children of her own and who is passionate about you know every we say don't we every child matters but it's it sounds so twee but Chris what you say there about every child having that voice every child being able to use that voice to share whatever they need to share the good the bad and the ugly and sometimes it is you know we live in a real world but to know that there is support for families out there that isn't just fill a form in and wait for six months for someone to get back to you for an assessment but someone that can help families to do something different in days is really really powerful so you guys rock 
in ways that you possibly don't even realize. Um, Jack and Lorna, you've helped me and my family. Um, and Chris, I am loving reading your book at the moment. So thank you so much, all of you. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to catch up with you all again soon.